Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to A Voice for Love. This is Surya and I'm so excited to welcome my special guest to you today, Ishta Devi. Welcome Ishta. Hey Surya, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. So um, please tell everyone a little bit about you for anyone who's not familiar with you yet. Well, um, yeah, like you Surya, I am an awakened and awakening goddess. <laughs> um, you know, I my values lie in uh, healthy lifestyle, health and wellness. Um, have a high priority of healing. You know, just becoming my most optimal self so that I can be the best mother, the best human, the best um, self so that I can serve humanity and, you know, fill my cup up so that I can share and um, show up for others so they can you know, step into their greatness too. And we're just all kind of going in that direction together. And so I like to like tune in with people who are wanting that too. And whether they are a friend or a client or, you know, any kind of like working relationship, I like to hang out with people who want to grow and learn and heal and transform and to awaken to their highest potential. So that's what I'm all about. And there's, you know, there's so many ways to do that. We're all kind of doing that in our own ways. And so my ways these days is that, um, you know, my, my work really revolves around uh, trauma healing and trauma processing, educating about trauma and being trauma-informed. So I am a trauma-informed counselor and a clinical hypnotherapist. Uh, I've been teaching and practicing yoga, breath, and meditation for many years. Um, so it kind of like all weaves together and... Um, I just bring those tools and resources to people in, in whatever ways that serves them best and that is most appropriate for them. So yeah, like my work with clients really is, is constantly evolving and changing. And so, um, but I, I do bring some combination of those resources, tools and, and practices forward with people that I work with. Um, and then like I'm entrepreneurial, so I'm always working on little projects and I'm an artist, so I'm always, you know, being creative. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it does all work together. It's all creative. And actually, I can see some of your um, paintings behind you there. And I know because I've been to some of your art exhibits. But I'm curious, how did working with, um, and actually, you can clarify this for me. It looks like, so your paintings to me look like both the infinity symbol, but they also look like Dorje's as well. Like the Tibetan, you know, like the bell in the Dorje. And the Dorje that goes with the bell is also a figure, like a a figure eight as well so oh how cool yeah I actually never heard that and or thought of it myself so thank you for bringing that oh my gosh I'll show you I'll show you in a minute I'll, I have one I'll, I'll show you in a second when we're done but I'll show you what a George looks like and it is like a figure eight but because of the way I think when you do like because you go maybe you can explain to us what you do exactly because I've seen you and your art is very like it's like your art is almost like a dance kind of and then it's like the dance gets like splattered on the paper and it's like so cool yeah totally yeah, yeah like these infinity pieces and then I have like a few double helix ones that I haven't really um I haven't turned them into prints yet yet or really uh, produce them fully yet but um they are made with movement and um yeah like over time I like I love to move and dance just like yourself and um you know been practicing yoga for so many years and going from like a super like linear ashtanga practice into uh almost like a somatic free flowy movement practice which is almost the opposite of like the ashtanga primary series you know one and two and three where it's just like super linear you know and with that and I, I I really spent a lot of time in that lineage and I found that like my joints were getting kind of like rigid and stuff because I wasn't doing like rotation a lot of like rotations of my joints and so I started like taking up this, or I started like creating these little flowy transitions between the poses where I got to like rotate my wrists and my shoulders and, you know, my spine. And it was much, much more feminine because, you know, the other practice is so linear. So it's kind of like got that masculine energy. And then I started, you know, swirling and twirling <laughs> like rotating and um that was so it's it's got like a circular vibe so it's got that feminine energy and it also looks more sensual and like a belly dance almost you know so um and then I I started to realize like oh my body wants to produce these sort of geometries and I love the geometry of yoga and the, the poses that we hold, you know, when we're steady and in a pose holding it for a number of breaths and we're exemplifying this geometry, you know, and our body suddenly becomes this channel for this like sacred geometry, you know, and the energy can flow in these directions through the nadis, the energy um, lines of our, of our body, of our energy body. And uh, so I was like, Oh, when I, swirl and twirl you know it feels like I'm creating these shapes and these you know my two sides you know I've got the two sides and I just love symmetry um the left and the right and the above and the below and it suddenly became so profound like these movements I was making and I wanted to translate those movements onto um like an art 
form like an account onto it wasn't it's not necessarily on canvas that I work but like yeah onto a 2d kind of format I want to leave the lines on something that my body's making these lines is interesting too because I was like talking to my astrologer and um anyways yeah um I don't know if, if you know Dallas um, Arison, but yeah, she's been casually practicing Vedic astrology for some time, but now she's in this course and she's been taking this course uh, for quite a while now. It's a very in-depth course and she's already had that like, you know, a tendency towards being an amazing astrologer and knowing so much anyways, it just comes naturally to her. But she was, she was uh, giving me a little reading and she said, you love the line. She said, I don't know which house or which planet or what she was referring to, but she said, you just, you love the line, whether it's like the line of a piece of architecture, the line of a stick that I find, you know, on the beach, the line of like a mountain range or the line of, you know, a dance move, you know, of an arm like unfurling into this beautiful or sweeping, you know, through the air in this like creating this line um, or the line in like a pencil line in a gestural drawing, you know, like I do love the line. <laughs> and so that comes out too in these pieces. And so I noticed that I was, you know, doing this sort of like shape and it's just so basic, the, the figure eight or the infinity symbol where it expands out from itself and it returns back to itself. And to me, that's just so profound because it, it's essentially a symbol that is encoded with all of this, knowledge of truth that we can get so much from um, just by spending time reflecting on it. Like that sort of, as I said, is it expands out from the center point. And with my pieces, I always have like a little white dot in the middle. And that's, that's basically, you know, from, um, Anyone can, I would say like, you can take anything from art. Like you can, anyone can, I'm, I'm happy for anyone to read anything they like. Um, I love what you read about the dojo. Is that what it's called? Dorje. Dorje, the Dorje. And, um, but you know, when I created them, my idea was like this, there's a white dot in the middle of all these lines that create the, the infinity symbol. And those lines are kind of showing the experience of being and the dot in the center is the, is the watcher or like the true self, the witness to all of these layers of our experience that essentially expand out and return back. And it's almost showing like this process of manifestation, you know, where we, I, I feel that all of our intentions are sent out into the, the universal field of consciousness or out into the cosmos from our hearts because our heart center is like the center of our, our whole being. And, um, so any thought, any wish, any desire, any, any, um, action, any deed, you know, it it goes out from the heart and then maybe it's even like a, 
could even be like a, some, someone might call someone like a cruel hearted, a cold hearted snake <laughs> into his eyes. <laughs> do you know that song? Oh, he's been telling lies. <laughs> so, I sure do. <laughs> you can put like bad stuff out, you know, from your heart. Everyone's heart is pure, but I mean, if it's, if it's cloaked in layers of darkness, then that's going out into the field and then it returns, you know? So what we put out, it comes back. So it's kind of the, the art is kind of showing that process too. So yeah, they, they, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I love what you said about the lines. I don't have a thing with lines, but I have things like that with music. Like I get really obsessed with like the last like eight bars of a song before it fades out or before I'm like obsessed. I'll listen to it over and over. Like why do they fade it? Like that's such a cop out. Like I I always think like the fade out, like can't you just make a like do do or something at the end? Like I think it depends on the song. I think and also for like, for like commercial purposes, there's a reason why like pop songs, are supposed to be a certain length or whatever so they just like fade it out right yeah yeah I don't know but I mean everybody does things their own way isn't this just the beauty of like life and art but I love that piece about the um having like the white dot in the middle because that's actually the truth right and it's like so funny that we get caught up in all of this like all the layers all the layers and like all the things that are going on in the world and like Mm -hmm. I found that like last year more than ever really like we have so much choice in what we want to tune into and what we, what we don't. Right. And yeah. what we tune into or not, like it's completely affecting. Like, I feel like there's people living in vastly Huge. different realities now. Like, oh my God. Yeah. More than ever before. More than ever. <laughs> yeah. And I think people like, we're just like, okay, well I'm not really tuned into that reality because it's not even like, it's really wild to me. Cause I'm like, wow, yeah. some things that people are really worried about or upset about. I'm like, well, that doesn't even really exist in my, you know, oh. not, not in a, um, you know, I don't want to be arrogant about, it or mm. anything but it's mm. just like well I don't choose to put my attention there my, yeah my, like sorry um, I'm not caught up in that fear but you know yeah. and I just I like keep it away <laughs> like I don't well, really want it and that is why yeah. an open mind um is such a threat to to the system right because once people realize it's so some of our chains are literal but many of our chains are not you know they're mm-hmm. they're, they're mental and that's how the system you know the system keeps people enslaved like we're not yeah. in chains but we're people, choosing to we're choosing it yeah we choose it we say yes to it each each and every day if depending on you know what level you're at i mean it's pretty hard to get out of the matrix at this point because we here we are we're on zoom yeah it's true but i feel like we can be shapeshifters in the matrix you know we can like shapeshifters yeah we can can, like adapt when we need to and then we can also like get out and be like okay bye (laughs) yeah exactly i love that that's totally me (laughs) yeah we're like shapeshifters in the matrix over here like you know i think yeah we step into it to create change because you have to you really have to step into it and you really have to use you know that the system in order to i often think of like a martial artist who is like so refined in their practice that they essentially just use their opponent to defeat themselves like the, their opponent ends up defeating themselves because they used their opponent's um, system to defeat them. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like that. We're like ninjas. 
Yeah, it's so interesting that you just said that because I kind of had the rev- that revelation um, recently as well, is that that's kind of what the system does to people, period, is it uses its own, yeah, and people become their own self-defeating prophecies or just they buy into something that's maybe wasn't even wasn't even there in the first place, but it was like an illusion that was presented to them, just like, you know, people were like, okay. But I also think like that we sort of exist, yeah. out, we sort of exist outside of some of these systems as well. Again, like we're partially in them, but a lot of what we're doing and what we're creating is, is sort of part of a, a different world in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's because, um, we're like tuned into also the, I feel like the matrix is modeled after the unified field. So it's just kind of like the, the unified field of consciousness of what I'm calling it. Um, it's just like, we are connected through a field of light and we have, our, you know, we, we have our energy body and, you know, according to many ancient scriptures and many ancient like systems, we have our energy lines and our, and our energy points. And in yoga, you know, this, it's called the nadis and the bindu points and the chakras. And those bindu points are like little vortexes that plug into the field and then those maybe plug into someone else's little vortex and into their energy system. And it's like, we are connected through these invisible wires of energy. And um, it's, 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 it's fueled on love. Like it's fueled on love and light and intelligence the intelligence of like our higher intelligence that is tuned into, you know, our light, our authenticity, our true self, our true essence. And then we can communicate through web uh, connection. And um, it's like the, the matrix and the internet and all these channels that are sending all this information and propagates that they're propagating through all their channels to people. Um, it's like, that's a version of the original interweb, which is, you know, it's made of like energy that is crazy. I love that you said that because this is something that I think about all the time. And I might even like, I've actually, um, actually I did create most of it already. Like I actually created like a little mini program about this was how I don't think so many people realize, especially like I get it cause I'm an empath that our energetic lines are crossing even through the internet and through social media and why it's so important to disconnect from all of these people. Because even when people are like, say, looking at your profile and Mm -hmm. like, you don't know what kind of energy they're leaving. They're projecting energy. They're projecting stuff onto you. They're leaving crap in your energetic space. Like there's people watching you maybe that don't actually like you and support you, but they're pretending to, you know, there's other people, Mm -hmm. there's people that are like stalking people and you don't even know that they're there because they're, um, you know, there's no trace of them on your page. So like, it's so important to actually like literally clear those lines. Like I do that periodically. Like I try to do it almost every day. I'm like, I just, I shield myself and I clear myself and I cut cords from anyone who's maybe like attached themselves to me. Because I think especially Mm -hmm. when you put yourself in the position as like an artist or a creator or a teacher, even more so people tend to, you know, they just project all of this. If they have, if they are threatened by that in any way, they will. 
Yeah. Or, or literally your light brings up because like you said, it's I love confronting. The, I love uh, what you said about the beginning um, of two about how you said like you're, you're committed to healing that your life is so much about healing. Cause I feel that the same too. Like, yeah. yes, I do all these things, but like really like you, like my life is so much about healing and it has been for two, over two decades now, mm-hmm. just like healing. And with that, you know, comes, I, I feel like that's where the healer comes from. Like we have to heal ourselves first and that work yeah. is ongoing and then yeah. we can, you know, we can work with other people, but the basis has to always be that we're continuing our own process of, you know, and I know this is really your specialty, which is really working with and around trauma and understanding. And I know that that's because of, you know, and you speak quite a bit about this, like about your, your own experiences. And so how does that inform you in being able to serve other people and, and your clients when you're working with them? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, it doesn't matter what you do out there. If you're a writer, you should definitely like write what you know. If you're any kind of doing anything out there, it should always be like rooted in some kind of like personal experience. And I think that it just happens naturally. Um, But for me, uh, yeah, like health and wellness, um, for many, many years has been a high value of mine. Uh, I absolutely love uh, taking care of myself, taking care of my health, you know, eating well, nourishing my body with like a beautiful organic plant-based diet, um, you know, not poisoning my body with drugs and alcohol, not, uh, you know, eating crappy low vibrational processed foods and uh i would and and getting lots of exercise and then um you know i i continued living my life i had my daughter very early at 19 and um and then by the time i reached 30 like i knew i was fucked up to a degree like i i kind of knew that and i was always working with like healers Um, but it didn't really hit me that I had early childhood trauma that needed to be addressed until very specifically, uh, until I was in my thirties. And, um, it was really like a, a burnout that took me there. I had been pushing myself so hard. And of course I didn't, feel at the time that I had a choice because I was a single parent and I had a store and employees and a lot of responsibility and um, we went through the recession in 2008 and uh, I think it was and I was so stressed out because I had so much on my plate and so much to do in one day, day after day after day. And I kind of started breaking down and I found myself um, sort of doing these bulimic uh, behaviors, uh, super um, manic at times, like just getting being so insanely productive and then crashing because I wasn't taking care of myself and got diagnosed as bipolar. Uh, 
I was having anxiety attacks as well, especially in between the manic and depressive cycles. I would like have like a major like anxiety attack in between. Um, up and I started researching my symptoms and I found what I had already known, which was that I had early childhood trauma and that I, I had PTSD. And it was actually super um, liberating to realize that it had a name. It was called PTSD and it had these symptoms. I started learning about it and um, I, I assembled a team of healers, practitioners that worked with me over, for the course of about a year. And one particular woman I continued working with. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then I've, I really like healed my uh, symptoms with all this work I was doing. A lot of it was like breath work and just awarenesses to receiving a lot of like wisdom downloads from these people that were wiser and more experienced than me. And, um, and then because I had already been teaching yoga for about 10 years, I decided to create a workshop in sort of yoga principles and teachings into the sort of trauma work I was doing. And yeah, and then it just kind of went from there. Became a hypnotherapist, became a counselor and uh, yeah. Here I am. <laughs> and here you are. And it really yeah. is such a journey. Like I think about, and it can be really frustrating too. I'm sure you can relate to this. It's like, you know, you come so far and you make strides and then there's certain things that it feels like we revisit like over and over and over again, which can be frustrating. But um, I find like, it's like we have to have so much compassion for ourselves as we heal because something that keeps coming to me like the past week is like where we feel shame and we internalize all this shame. And it's like, it's not our fault for all of these things that happened, but we make it our yeah. fault. And then we spend the rest, we spend so much of our time, people are traumatized and they continue to like re-traumatize themselves because of shame. And I was like, I was thinking last week, I was like, this isn't even our fault in the first place. Like, I know. You know, I'm like, this is bullshit, right? It just feels like how it works. It's like, it's so backwards. Like, no, I should not be feeling shame around this. Like I didn't, choose this to happen to me like why am I ashamed of it it is hard but like you said the compassion piece is everything and um earlier today I was having this conversation uh, about compassion and empathy and um yeah how I got this message um about uh, you know with the indigenous and as you know like I'm half indigenous um first nations and I had made a post about the uh, the residential schools, and um, someone messaged me and said, "Can you please just focus on the present and the future? And um, can you just like there's been atrocities all over the world, like basically like let's move on, like we're we're luckily." I think they said something like, "Luckily, we we're now a much more civilized." something and but I, I just thought you know what this person must not really have a lot of compassion if they're saying these this to me 
And um, that's where I was really able to kind of like not get caught up in the, is it the silly like drama of, you know, someone offending me or something? It's just like, this person is, if they can't like hold space for healing for someone else or, or to hold empathy or compassion for like a whole population of people that have experienced so much trauma and genocide, then, you know, they must be running from their own trauma. Does that make sense? Yeah, either they're running from their own trauma or they're coming from a place of privilege where they just can't, um, they, they just like overlight the whole thing, you know? I find people do that sometimes. I think like privilege gives people, I think like everyone has trauma, even like the most privileged people. Absolutely. But, um, but the people with the privilege have more options to distract themselves from their trauma and to act like it's not real <laughs> because they can just go buy something or they can just go like act like they're better than other people or and they get this false power easily because it's there for them. And in a way that makes even more boundary or more um, uh, um, barricades towards their healing because they have to move beyond that. Like their own ego has such access to, you know, the privilege and this kind of false power they, that they get with it that is just so comfortable that they can trick themselves into thinking that they're good, that they're not hurting, that they're not deeply suffering. But for those people that don't have access to that, they're like, no, I'm suffering. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I lived in um, West Vancouver for a while and um, you know, as you probably know, like West Vancouver is, I think it's like one of the richest neighborhoods in Canada and it's, it's like old money, right? It's like, this is not new money. This is like old generational wealth type of people that live there. And I used to work in this shop in West Vancouver and like some of these people would come in and they'd be like, Oh, I'm so stressed out. We can't decide this year whether we want to go to like Malibu or to our like beach house in Hawaii. Like it's so stressful. Like we just can't decide. And I'd be like, Oh my God. And I would hear stories like this all the time. Yeah. And this is mm -hmm. their, you know, this is their stress. And I'm like, wow. And then I've always found it I don't, both like fascinating and disheartening. And then you can tell them, something you could like maybe share something of someone who's like you know really legitimately suffering and they're like oh that's too bad and then just like boom they just like they go there for like yeah. not even go there and then they just like flip back like and Millis not not even really go there right? yeah yeah they don't even really they yeah. just kind of like superficially go there and then they just bounce back and you know the more I think about it's it too like, confronting it's too confronting it was they don't even know how yeah no, they, they don't know how. And it's like, they're so afraid to be uncomfortable. And with wealth, you can buy all of this comfort or like material comforts anyway, right? So like you said, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's very easy totally. to, to distract. But the more I, I mean, and I've seen so many, I'm, I'm terrible with remembering certain things, but like, I wish I could, but you know, there's so many great quotes and great people throughout history who have pointed out that it is actually 
the one of the biggest issues in society and the reason that we're not healing is because of these like sort of upper you know we can point the fingers at they them and the government and yes of course like they have their role that they're playing but it really is a lot of the people with privilege certain privileges that are not understanding the struggles that other people go through and could be doing more to understand and or support and um it's interesting because i was thinking a lot this morning about um you know, and I think about this all the time because, you know, and I'm sure you think about this even more because, you know, we live on stolen land. Like Canada is stolen land and every single person who came to this country from somewhere, it doesn't matter if they came from India, if they came from Africa, if they came from, you know, Europe or whatever, all of us arrived here or at least like the recent ones anyway, like we all arrived here in land that doesn't actually, you know, belong to us, quote unquote. That being said, I'm not sure that land really belongs to anyone because it's like land that belongs to the earth. But, you know, mm-hmm. there is a piece where where we need to take acknowledgement and like if the government isn't going to do these things like we need to do these things like I was thinking about like what if everybody like this neighborhood that I live in for example it's Musqueam First Nations land like what if there was a housing tax that we paid to you know we paid property taxes to the city but what if everybody who owned a home paid some kind of a tax to you know, the local indigenous band or whatever. Like I think about these things all the time because I'm like, we the people are going to have to be the ones to enact some of these on a bigger scale because I'm just not sure the government is going to do it. (laughs) You know, especially the way our government is going right now. Like it's pathetic. You know, it's like beyond pathetic. I want to start like a fire Justin Trudeau campaign right now. Like seriously, I'm like, this guy has got to go. Like I'm just so tired of people and their promises and things that they say they're going to do. And then like, not only do they do not do it, they do the complete opposite, you know? And this is something, I mean, I'm sure you feel this again. It's like that whole backwards thing where you're like, why is this so bad? like it should be the opposite like what is going on like how companies you know they are produce all of these products in these horribly unethical ways and they're polluting the world and then it's up to us to save the planet when the only option was plastic bottles like and gas like we didn't have any other options but yet it's our fault now to clean up they're fucking mess and they don't have to do anything like that's so backwards it doesn't make any sense but isn't that kind of like gaslighting it's like a form of it's gaslighting. gaslighting it's a form of gaslighting it's a form of gaslighting it's like yeah. we're the ones making this mess and we're just gonna make you guys all feel guilty and shame about it and like i yeah. feel i mean this is just a point that i've come up in so much of my healing recently too is how much of because we were talking about vibration briefly right and like because okay. i can actually like the more refined i get and just observing myself you know i came up against all these layers of like shame and so that's again why I was thinking about like hey this isn't even my fault like why am I the one who's stuck dealing with this you know (laughs) I take responsibility on a soul level that you know I agree you know probably to experience some of these things but on a human level I'm like this fucking sucks and especially Mm -hmm. when it feels like some of these other people can just you know walk free so to speak I know everybody get theirs gets theirs in the end and I do think I do think we're coming to this time that's like kind of like the great reckoning and I do think we will see karma rear its ugly head and Mm -hmm. you know some of us are are going to be fine. You know, we're not perfect, but we're also not out there like trying to single-handedly destroy the earth and destroy like entire groups of people. And this is just like a whole other level. So my whole thing, I'm always like, can we just like get all of these people out of power and replace them with, again, compassionate leaders? Mm Because like, I, I always, I always feel like I think about this a lot. Like it takes emotional intelligence to be compassionate. Like that person mm-hmm. that wrote you that letter, like the, or that wrote you that note, yeah. is, it's, it's just like, it's ludicrous. Like, yeah. like, first of all, they're not wise because 
even if they actually felt that way, like you should never say that to somebody. Like that's like, you know, you offer some love, you offer some reassurance, you offer some, you, again, like or if you don't like what they're talking about, just unfollow them and go follow something else that suits your, it's not confronting to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, like, um, you know, just, we've just sort of briefly touched on this, you know, because people have been talking about the residential schools here mm-hmm. so much in Canada because of all these, what I'm sure will be many more discoveries to come of all of this, like how, cause you mentioned like, how has this or did this affect you and your family personally? Yeah, well, Um, I was just, I had just come to visit my parents, uh, the day after it came out in the news and we talked about it. Um, it was something that we already knew. And I mean, my mom knew that this was happening. Her parents went to these schools. They didn't die but um, they died later in their old age. And when they died, they died ashamed of who they were, ashamed of, you know, their, their um, race and they're basically denied their own culture and traditions because they were taught that it was a sin. They could go to hell for it. And they believed that to the day they died. So that is really tragic. Um, So, but I had been also working with uh, Indigenous women at risk for a while. I spent a year in the downtown east side and I knew that the genocide was still and is still uh, underway because I was following uh, the murdered and missing women's. And I mean... I already knew. So I wasn't surprised. I was interested in seeing how other people were responding to it. You know, like I have, most of my friends are pretty awakened and they know about things like this. They care about stuff like this. So they're, they're learning um, and educating themselves. Uh, but even still, I had friends that were like, shocked, horrified, because it's not something I go around. I'm not like on a bullhorn on the street corner, like trying to tell everyone like this country is, you know, founded on genocide and just, you know, we were all living here on stolen land. Like I'm not like a big activist, um, but I'm happy that those people are exist and play their you know, are playing that role. Everyone that needs, people need to do that for a time. I, I know it's exhausting to do. Um, so I hope those people are, you know, practicing some self-care. <laughs> uh, I do speak about it freely. I don't, it's not that I don't talk about it, but, um, you know, so I wasn't always talking about it though. So I have close friends that didn't really know about it. And they were like, holy shit, like what the, f- this is, they were like crying and horrified and I'm like yeah I already knew about this like and then uh, later I had a session with my coach and we were kind of talking about like my resistance to doing things like paperwork and taxes and filling out forms and 
giving over my information and, you know, having to work within this system and being owned by this system. And uh, we did a little bit of somatic work and I went right into my epigenetics of like my ancestors being corralled into this system that isn't their own and being colonized and how much anger like was in my body around that and resistance to like participating. It felt like prickly and poisonous in my bloodstream. Like it just, it was so visceral and, um, Yeah, uh, I was over at my friend's house who lives in a community where there's a lot of First Nations people uh, around. And so I, would, I just happened to be there, staying there and doing my session there. And I could just feel the presence of these Native people around me and the theme of it. And my aunts, I, I just felt my ancestors there so strong and I was crying and... I just, I had a few, a moment there in that session where I just felt it all like so deeply, just the suffering of my, my line and my grandparent, the pain that my grandparents had to endure and how, you know, they were ashamed of themselves at their core, you know, like, just the tragedy of that. I just felt it so deeply. Yeah. And then I kind of went on and I think we did a bit of reframing in that session. Um, my ancestors really came in strongly, actually, more than I've, I've, I've ever felt them. And the, their message to me was, I'm trying to remember exactly the words, but essentially they were saying like, do the work, like just, you know, do your work of healing and we want you to succeed. We, we want to be celebrating you. So just keep going. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting a little like, I get a little weepy eyed because this morning when I was walking to the park with my son, I got this message that I was going to share in a little video, but I'll share here too. It was like, mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, we all have doors that open for us, you know, and, and behind the door is that new opportunity or that new thing. Some of us are going to be able to just open that door and walk right through for whatever reason. We've got the karma, we've got the good fortune, maybe our mm -hmm. ancestors, whatever. Some well, of we us don't are have doubts have to, in ourselves. Like, we just whatever, you know, some of, us, yeah. some of us are going to have to punch that door, kick that door, bang on it 500 yeah. times for like right. weeks, years, decades even. But, mm -hmm. the, but that don't stop because the door will eventually open. And the longer it takes for that door to open, the more there is accumulated on the other side of that for you. Mm -hmm. And it was like, because yeah, I've, you mm. know, I feel like it's very interesting, um, you know, exploring ancestry and all of that as well, because, um, you know, I've, I've reflected on, you know, some of the struggles that I've had as well and where those stem from. And it's so wild because it's like in our DNA, it's in our being. And I think yeah. especially the more empathic we are, um, mm -hmm. and I think being women as well, because I have two brothers, mm -hmm. but, you know, they're both like in the system, in the patriarchy, in the, you yeah. know, and they're, they're great yeah. and they're wonderful, of course, but, you know, I'm very, I've always been sort of like the black 
black sheep, the only girl in the family, and definitely like very aware of the struggle as well. Like, you know, my, I did not come from rich, you know, <laughs> rich, like wealthy yeah. money stock, you know, definitely yeah. a lot of struggle, a lot of poverty. Well, a lot and of you're strife. a single mom. All of that, right? Uh-huh. All of that as well. But even before that, you know, like, and it just really mm. reflecting and it's really come in so much more deeply around like how much of that really is the ancestral line and what, yes. and so it's got me thinking about, cause like, I mean, yeah, I don't We're like know. buying into, we've, we've somehow bought into this hierarchy. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we're down here. And it's like, where the fuck did we learn that? And it's literally in our DNA. What's in our it's DNA? Like, it's in our, and yeah, yeah, and it's in our subconscious mind. Well, yeah, I mean, you just said, like, this is tragic. Like, your grandparents died ashamed of who they were fundamentally at their core because yeah. that's what they were told. And that just makes me so angry. Like, when people manipulate in the name of religion or God, that's like a whole other level of manipulation because not only do you mess up that person, you also mess up their relationship to mm-hmm. God and to the divine. And that, mm-hmm. I feel like, is like mm-hmm. a sin of all. I don't even use that word sin, but like, all sins, since, yeah. yeah, since we're talking about it in the context of people who love to talk about sin, did you? Yeah, they burned. They're the biggest sinners, and it's it's kind. Yeah, it's again. It's like something's backwards here. Like the the kingdom is upside down. I don't know where. Like this is the thing. The kingdom. When I was pregnant, I kept hearing this. Like the kingdom is like from spirit. You know, I kept hearing the kingdom is upside down. And then, um, you know, my son's father said, "Oh, that's a thing." You know, like that's actually they see like they talk about it in the Bible, and that's the thing. Like heaven. When people talk about being afraid of heaven and hell, I'm like, I don't know, guys. I think hell is kind of down here. Like I think like where we come from is a lot more. You know, there's a place that again, and that's back to that piece of like the like the the you know, the drishti or like the point, you know, the focus point of consciousness or whatever, mm-hmm. like the white spot within the, is like the witness of all things, you know, at mm-hmm. our core, at our, you know, as beings, we are healed and we are blissful and we are, that's where we come from. But then we come down here. And like, I think even being in an indigenous body, like, I don't know if you know Asha Frost, she was actually the first guest on this podcast, but she's an amazing, oh, yeah. she's an incredible, wonderful woman, indigenous mm-hmm. healer. But she, I know speaks her. Yeah, a, I call her. she speaks a lot about that. Like actually, you know, cause she's a healer like you and like so sensitive and everything. So she talks about like what it's actually like to be in an indigenous body. Because again, you're, it's like we're computers, right? And our programming is from the ones that came before us through our mm-hmm. ancestral line. And so we don't yeah. even know what happened. Like I've been- And our childhoods, about- yeah. And our childhoods, yeah. right? So both. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's actually like a miracle we even like can get up in the morning because like, you know, <laughs> I think it's yeah. a miracle. Mm-hmm. But I also think that like- it's a miracle. Yes. It's, it's all a miracle. Like just existence is a miracle, but I think like the, what makes us still keep getting up is just like our spirit is, it wants to heal, you know, like it wants to be whole and it wants to be activated. And, um, you know, we have strong spirits and yeah, all of these experiences that we have that, are discouraging or that uh, harm us or traumatize us. We know because we're, we all know truth. Truth is a resonance, you know? We know when something is true. We know when something is aligned with our truth. We know when someone's speaking truth and when they're not, especially when we're tuned into that center point, that witness self, 
we're able to be present, we're able to be clear, we're not caught up in some external story or something like that. So when truth hits, we feel it. We don't need like a book to tell us, you know, how to live because we just know. And the more we heal, the le- the the more um, refined we become at tuning into truth because we're shedding all the lies that we were told about ourselves when we heal, you know, we release all these lies and we're, we're no longer buying into the bullshit. So then we align even more and more and more and we're able to rest in our center more and more, the more we heal. And, and then the more attuned we are to truth and, and then we keep going forward from that place. And every time we touch it and we know it, it just imprints us and it just keeps us going. Each time we have a moment, we're like, yes, that's it. That's, that's the truth. That's aligning. It just, for me, at least it keeps me going. It's like the breadcrumbs kind of like following these bread. At the beginning, it feels like you're following breadcrumbs. And then once you kind of like arrive, maybe at that some point along the way that like is just so affirming then you're like, okay, I, you know, it doesn't feel so much like that breadcrumbs anymore. It just feels like more of a trajectory. You know what I mean? Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. You, you start with breadcrumbs and then eventually you find like a whole loaf or like maybe even a yeah. cake. Maybe even a cake. You're like frosting. in the middle of you know, frosting candles. Um, but I just want to share something because it just, just before I forget, but just mm-hmm. came really, and it was like kind of beautiful. Like I just felt like it was just this reminder of, you know, and it's just a reminder for everyone. Cause like you talking about your grandparents and like dying with shame, but the beautiful thing is that you, and this is why they came to you in this vision. And they said, we want to see you succeed and keep going is because when you actually heal that shame inside of you, you me. heal them, you yeah. heal, you heal your, and you heal your daughter and all the future generations mm. that come ahead from that way. And then it heals them too. So this is the beautiful thing. And I think that is the encouragement. And it's funny that they use that word, like keep going. Cause that comes to me all the time too like we just have to keep going you know and I think that's part of dumping the like the patriarchy and the capitalist bs too because the you know that system tells us we have to always be doing things and achieving things but like when are we going to make like self-healing the greatest achievement like you didn't get angry anymore when when you would have gotten angry like you didn't lash Mm -hmm. out when once before you would have lashed out like this is healing you don't get triggered when you would have just like hit the roof and been in bed for days before like on end like crying you know like Mm -hmm. you don't worry anymore when somebody sends you a stupid dm on instagram like you're just like oh that person needs healing see ya uh, you know, like yeah. Lisa, this is the victory. This is, these are the real victories True. that we should be celebrating, you know, not to say, of course, it's like, you know, we do achieve things in the, in the physical world and that's mm-hmm. nice too, but there's, you know, we need to start making these internal hallmarks really. Yeah. And I think we do, but I mean, just as a, as a whole, I don't think it's as valued as much. I think because, you know, I know we are, we are deconstructing, the old system right now but a lot of people are still very much subscribing to it so they have they they haven't unlearned the values yet that they that they're still aligning with but um i think soon soon thanks to you know your work and other people like us that are like hey 
Healing is a thing. <laughs> healing is a thing. <laughs> so speaking of healing is a thing, tell us a little bit about some of your um, offerings. I know that you you have like a, a trauma cleanse course. I took your um, I took one of your workshops years ago. Your Shakti Rising, I think. No Shakti. Yeah. Now I think it's called a Shakti. Shakti now, yeah. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your. Um, yeah, your, your trauma cleanse work and then what you're offering. Yeah. So, um, it's, yeah. So, okay. So I call it, I just switched it to the trauma cleanse. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so I created this online course and, um, essentially it is, is based on the work that like the workshop that you took. Uh, I, I just keep on expanding upon it and, um, distilling it and refining it. And, uh, now that, uh, yeah, I've taken over COVID, I became a trauma-informed counselor and I learned, uh, more tools, more clinical tools. So before I had a lot of like, you know, esoteric content there and also my own personal, um, journey and sharing like tools and resources that work well for me. And um, now I'm bringing a more like clinical um, information into it and sort of weaving that in. So that's been really great. And so it's kind of coming into this beautiful uh, seven part workshop or online course. And um, it's, kind of uh, structured around the three stages of trauma processing. And um, it's based on a bio, psycho, social, spiritual um, method, which just means the whole human being is taken into account. You know, we have a a multi-layered experience of life. So our trauma can manifest not only on like in the emotional mental body, but also in the physical body, in the spiritual aspect, the energy aspect. So um, when you take the course, you'll, there'll be something on all of that because those, all those parts of us are intrinsically connected. So when you sign up, you can get the information dripping out in within seven days, over seven days. So it's more of a concentrated process or you can go seven weeks. So you've got like a one week integration between each section and, um, I'm relaunching it August 11th. I did a run through and then did surveys and got more information. And now I'm in the process of just refining it even more because I just want it to be like this go-to resource for anyone who wants to self-heal their trauma. And I want it to really work. And I want it to just not be missing anything really important out of it. So, um, yeah. What else do you want to know about it? <laughs> no, I love it. I just, I, I didn't know that it was, I like that a seven day, you can do it in seven days or seven weeks. I think that's really important because everybody's schedule. And I love that you mentioned integration because I've, I've thought about that a lot in putting together some of my offerings as well is that everybody takes 
different amounts of time to process. And that's not good or bad. It's just everybody's individual journey. I mean, sometimes because healing happens in layers, right? So sometimes, you know, you might hit a tougher layer and it could take, you know, days it's or weeks. It's non-linear. Yeah. yeah. It's so non-linear, right? And so I totally. think it's so important to remind people of this because I think sometimes we get, I do anyway, I get frustrated, obviously. Oh, like totally. I've made leaps and bounds in my own healing, but you know, there's certain... And then you get triggered and you're like, what the fuck? I <gasps> thought I was healed. Like I thought I healed this aspect and I'm just coming back. Like, oh my God. But actually, yeah, like the three stages of um, trauma processing. So the first stage is safety and security. So that's where you're like, okay, I'm going to do the work, but I need to make sure that I'm safe and secure. So creating that safe container, building your team of people that you work with, whether it's a coach or a counselor, whatever, therapist, energy workers, maybe if that's not in your budget, it's just like a best friend who's super supportive that knows that you're about to step into this work and you can call them if you need them, um, a self-care practice, uh, you know, sobriety. Like if you're really doing a lot of substances that are hurting you, you know, you want to like, and that can be like a whole another process for someone to like prepare themselves, you know, maybe go to detox, go to rehab and get sober. Um, and then have that support system, so sobriety can be a part of a safety and security. Uh, like I said, a self-care process or, or practice. So something that you do to constantly remind yourself that you're worth this work, that you're, you love yourself and sending yourself that message on the daily, like, I love you, you're worth it. Because that really sets the foundation for compassion and empathy for ourselves and our process before we step into the work. So the second stage is when we really start to go in, you know, <laughs> and that is witnessing and processing. So when, you know, we might be like, all right, let's take a look. <laughs> that time I was four, that time I was three, that time I was five, that time I was in that abusive relationship, that time I got pulled into that relationship with that narcissistic person you know like <laughs> yeah that um let's take a look what even what's the core wound that even took me into that scenario you know like starting to really look at what is our behaviors like wow I'm really dysfunctional here or there like why why did I do that why am I acting like that? Um, why am I grasping for love or manipulating for love? Like, you know, just really witnessing ourselves, and then there's the processing. So there's tools, lots of tools for processing. And then the final stage or not exactly the final, but the third stage is integration. So it's when we go back into our world with this new way of being we like you said the window of tolerance is bigger we don't get triggered as easily we you know and then we go back and integrate but like you said healing is non-linear 
this work is nonlinear. So sometimes we might be in the third stage, but something triggers us back into the first where it's like, I don't feel safe. I don't have safety and security. I need to set a boundary. And then that will create safety for me if I set that boundary or if I make this shift or change. So then you reset that and then it's maybe back in stage two again, but it's not everything. It's just only maybe like a theme or an aspect or a relation, you know, like, so it becomes sort of, you know, like you're, you can shift from stage to stage, but overall it's sort of that three stages. And then there is a fourth stage and it's called post-traumatic growth, which is just such a beautiful concept. And they say um, 70, per, some people say 70, some people say 90% of people experience post-traumatic growth after the three stages of trauma processing. But I believe, you know, that anyone can. It's not like, oh, I'm just not cut out for that. I won't have it. No, it's like everyone can have it. Um, it's just you really have to approach the work in a way that is just, you know, pure intentions and put in the work and you will have post-traumatic growth. And um, that's when you just, you, you step into a whole new normal, new level of confidence, new level of access to joy, to fulfillment, to, um, you know, better relationships, just everything is better. Colors are brighter. Food is better. Everything's better. It is. Everything is yeah. better. Well, because, I mean, as you know, right, like with all of this, anything like PTSD, all of this, it's like the nervous system is literally damaged. And so then what happens is that the body starts processing everything as a trauma. Um, yes. So this is why we have to have to figure out the way for us to get out of these cycles because otherwise, like we, we, you mentioned it earlier, I think it was before we recorded, but like, you know, the subconscious doesn't know the difference or the mind doesn't know the difference between like what is real and what is not. So if mm -hmm. our body is constantly being set up and being mm -hmm. put back into this trauma pattern, then mm -hmm. we're like literally living out this um, you know, trauma. I know when I was at the height of some like, you know, PTSD stuff, I would like, mm -hmm. you know, sleep with furniture up against my door. And like, cause I was so afraid that even mm -hmm. though the, even when the threat mm -hmm. was even, I knew in my mind that the threat was physically like removed and gone, yeah. I still couldn't, you know, because it was so real and it, it takes yeah. time. So that's where the compassion yeah. piece comes in first for everyone. And I think that's so important. And I constantly remind myself this and I constantly remind others of this as well. We have to have so much compassion for ourselves as we heal because it's messy. Yes. And it's, it can yeah. be really difficult and challenging. And it's, it's not all like fluffy and pretty. Like some people make it look online, you know, like some mm -hmm. people are like, woo, I'm like healed. And I'm like, I'm like, Just bullshit. Let you yeah. and you're <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm like, I call bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it. You know, yeah. of course there's some, there's some great people out there, but there's also mm -hmm. a lot that, and I think they, uh, they misrepresent, um, and I think that can make people feel even worse because they feel like, oh, it must be me because I'm not thinking right or I'm not yeah. doing right or I'm not like, I'm not doing my law of attraction right. You know what? Uh -huh. All the fucking law, in the traction in, uh, law of attraction in the world is not necessarily going to heal your, you know, PTSD and your childhood trauma. And your, yeah. it will help, of course, because it will mm -hmm. teach you how to focus on different things and how yeah. to create. But it will, again, it will, it's back to that analogy of like, some people can walk right through the door and some people are going to have to keep kicking and punching it down. And it's not necessarily mm -hmm. their fault. It's like, 
they just come with more baggage, whether that's right. from their own life or from their ancestral lineage or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, you like have to keep, karma, have to keep yeah. going. Just like you said, like your ancestors said to you, like we have to keep going. That doesn't mean we can stop. It just means it might be, it might take a little bit longer and a little bit more effort for some of us than, than others, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, what you said about the nervous system too is huge. Like when you, yeah, like as I was mentioning, like biopsychosocial, spiritual. So when you look at trauma on the bio, the physical level, it is um, in the nervous system. That's where it begins. And uh yeah, like you said, if we're living with this deregulated nervous system that has been programmed in pattern to expect danger, then that's what we see around us. Whatever state our nervous system is in is what we're experiencing as our reality. So if we're anxious, if our nervous system is, is like deregulated, then we're going to be experiencing that as our reality. And we're going to be expecting reality to unfold like that around us. So our nervous system creates our reality. That's why these resources like breath work are so important because the breath is the gateway into regulating the nervous system. And then even more, the gateway into our energy body. And the nervous system is literally a reflection of our energy body. Because if you think of like polyvagal theory, like the, the big nerve that's made of all these little nerve bundles that runs from the top to the bottom of our spine. And it's just all these neurosynapses, neuropathways firing, and they're firing in these patterns and um, the patterns in which they're firing in are creating these sort of patterns, which are like, if they are beautiful, symmetrical, mandala-like patterns, then we're in a nice flow. The nervous system is regulated. We are, our magnetic field is, is flowing, you know, and it's open and it's bright and it's big. Um, consistent. But if we're living in a state of fear, those patterns, the ways the, the neuropathways and things are, are moving and firing and activating, it's in a deregulated, in a dysfunctioning way. And so those patterns are not like beautiful mandalas. They're like disturbed. And so that's the energy that we're emitting you know what I mean? So in a way, they, because it's um, the energy, the nervous system is essentially like you can measure it. Like it's, an, it's energy. It's emitting ener electricity, energy, and magnetic frequency. So it's basically the showing like our energy body. It's the, it's the um, um, physical manifestation of our energy body. And so the state of it is the state of our energy. And the state of it is what we are going to create as our reality in that moment. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And thanks so much for putting it that way because it's sort of, it's been an experience of mine and it's sort of one of my pet peeves in like the spiritual industry 
how, you know, there's a lot of people out there and they're like, look at me, like I manifested all this stuff and you can manifest it too. And I'm like, it's not quite that simple. You know, it, it is and it's not. But again, it depends on what you're dealing with to begin with. Somebody who yeah. doesn't have a lot of trauma, who doesn't come from, you know, maybe they've never had. And, and the way that some of these people speak, I, I believe that they haven't had a lot of trauma. And so somebody who is, and, and again, this comes back to the passion, compassion piece. So if you've had a major trauma as a child, as an adult, or a series of them, because what can happen, um, as I'm sure you know, as I can tell you in my own life, is like one trauma often leads to another mm-hmm. until you yeah. stop and they, the they compound. They, they compound. compound. Yeah. Yes. So they, they, you know, and usually not usually, but often it can be, you know, the early childhood experiences, something happens then, and then it just like continues and continues and continues. So it can be, um, some people are going to have a lot, you know, a more challenging time and a lot more hurdles to go through on their road too, because again, the nervous system is literally, you know, and it, and it takes time. It doesn't just like flip back overnight. You know, it's like, we can't expect to undo, you know, years and decades of personal trauma combined with like generations of ancestral trauma. Um, It doesn't go away overnight, you know, and yet Mm -hmm. healing is happening. It's always happening. So we can celebrate those, you know, we can celebrate all, all the little things, you know, along the way and the big things. Cause sometimes there's like, I feel like sometimes we have these big breakthroughs and we're like, oh. yeah. and then, yeah. you know, we feel like, and then, and then something usually like we crash or something happens again. <laughs> but then, you know, we, again, we deal with it differently every time, right? Yeah. You know, every time, every time the trigger happens, you have a new, you've got new skills, new tools and, and you can catch it sooner. You can be like, oh, wait, I feel a trigger coming on. Wait, what happened? What was said? What occurred that made me feel like this? And, and you can be like, oh, it was that. Okay, now I can, you know, remember that I'm safe and remember that, you know, that everything's okay. And I can, you know, whatever it, it might be, you can like almost be able to notice it before it even happens at, you know, and you just get better and better at it. And pretty soon you just have like a mastery over that. Yeah. Like but it does take a minute. It does take a minute sometimes for sure. And, and work and real work, real, real work. Well, and you just nailed it because it really is. I mean, and again, like, and I think, this is why people like us are doing what we do. Like, you know, somebody teaches you how to do this and then you can do it yourself. But breath work really is, and it can be so simple. It can just be slowing down your inhales and exhales. That's like, it's like automatic for me now. As soon as I feel any kind of, you know, whatever, I just, I just start breathing. I'll just like sit there and breathe. Mm -hmm. And that is the number one thing. Cause I don't know if you've been through this, but I've been through this a lot. Like I'll be sitting on the couch, maybe for example, and something's going on, but it's, it's not going on in the physical. It's going on in my mind or something's just happened and I'll sit there and I'll go, nothing's happening right now. The only thing that's happening is that you're sitting on this couch, but everything else that feels like it's happening, I mean, it's happening on some level in the mental field and the energy body, but it's actually not really happening either because in truth, all I'm doing is I'm just sitting here. So that goes back to that piece of like being the witness, you know, and just like witnessing all of these things that are, you know, it's kind of like zooming back out, right? Yeah, again, yeah. It's like, it's like, can you just hang out there in the right center there. of the experience right there well, it's like mm-hmm. the it's like the eye in the of the hurricane right that's right the, or the tornado or whatever the eye of the storm yes. yeah that's the place to be you don't want to be in the sides 
<laughs> no, it wouldn't last very long. You, you'd be gone. You'd be you can get up. hurt. You can get hurt doing that. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, my dear. Tell, tell everyone um, where where can they find you if they want to know more about your offerings and all of the great work that you do. Yeah, I'm mostly just on Instagram. That's my only social media at this point. <laughs> um, it's Ishta Davy. I S H T A D E V I. And there you can find my website and more things about me. And yeah, there's a few things in my link link tree there. So I would just love to, uh, to connect. Yeah. And quickly tell everybody, just in case they don't know, because I'm now doing the Debbie series, because like I'm a Surya Debbie, uh, we just had Debbie Ward and you're an Ishta Debbie. So can you tell everyone what that means? Yeah, so that name, it was given to me in a little ceremony at the end of a yoga teacher training. And um, I, at the time, I really liked, I still love the name. And I, so I just was like, yeah, great. I got a new name. I always wanted to change my name. I never knew what it was going to be. But now someone gave me this like amazing name and I'm pretty sure this is it. So I went with it. And what it means is um, chosen divine. So it means like, it's the, actually the female version of Ishta Devata. So Ishta Devata or Ishta Devi, it means your chosen divine. So in where the, the name originated, it's actually in Sanskrit word. And um, so where it originated, um, it is the same place where the tradition of, yeah, like yoga and of... Um, uh, I guess you can say Hinduism, but Hinduism is really the religion that came out of the mystical Vedic traditions. Um, gods and goddesses, right? They've got everyone from Shiva and Shakti, Vishnu, um, um, Lakshmi, Saraswati, Brahma, like Ganesh, Hanuman, everybody. There's so many. And um, so, and, and so say if you really particularly are, um, you know, maybe putting uh, Lakshmi on your altar and chanting Lakshmi uh, mantras, she would be your Ishta Devi. Or say you are Catholic for whatever reason and you, you, you know, you chant to Mary, uh, Mother Mary, then she's your Ishta Devi. Or Jesus, that could be your Ishta Devita. You know what I mean? So it's almost like your personal diggity. It's your like personal it's diggity. Deity, yeah, diggity. <laughs> I thought you said diggity. <laughs> no, personal diggity, no. Deity. In, in, Tibetan, in Tibetan Buddhism, it's called like your personal deity or like in India too. It's they your have personal of, deity, yeah. They have like family gods in India too. So like a certain family will like, you know, Lakshmi is their god, you know, Lakshmi is their family deity or whatever. Yeah, awesome. I, well, it seems like, to, it seems to me like that's your name. Like, yeah, for sure. It seems uh, you, you embody that well. Yes. Yeah, that's what it means. Yay. Thank you so much for making time to chat with me and for um, sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom with us. And yes, everybody, please connect with her um, on Instagram and, and, and everywhere else and in the, in the field. In the unified field. In the, in the unified field. I'll see you all there. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, Surya, for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Yes. Peace. <laughs> Peace. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. 
you can find me at suryadeviworld.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.